It has been a longtime goal of fiscal conservatives to strengthen the state's limits on spending. And during the 87th legislative session this year, a big step forward for citizens was made. I'm Brandon Waltons with Texas Scorecard, and this is a look at how Texas's spending limits were strengthened this year. You are listening to The Autopsy Files by Texas Scorecard, a production of 1836 Studios. At first, spending limits may seem like a wonky policy area, but the implications can be huge in finally slowing and reducing the growth of government. Texans for Fiscal Responsibility has been following the issue closely for years. This is Tim Harden, Executive Director for Texans for Fiscal Responsibility. We're an organization that provides transparency and education on the legislative process. Texas's current constitutional spending limit of population plus inflation only implies to state tax revenue not dedicated by the Constitution, which means that's only about half of the total state budget. Well, it doesn't include the entire budget. You know, it only limits uh, what is constitutionally uh, required uh, of the budget. For years, conservatives have been fighting to fix that. The fight for strengthening Texas's constitutional spending limits didn't begin this session. For years, citizens have fought to put a stronger limit in place. Yeah, they've been they've been trying to pass this for a few different sessions, and honestly, it's taken a, a few different forms. Um, you know, they've played with numbers. There's uh, this concept of uh, the, the formula: population times inflation. Um, and then you have population plus inflation. Um, they were trying to designate certain areas of the budget, but not all of the constitutionally uh, required ones. In 2012, Republican primary voters overwhelmingly voted to support stronger spending limits. Unfortunately, those efforts had been stalled in the state capitol for years. So ultimately, the, the reason that uh, there has been opposition to this is because it, it actually does limit the amount of money we can spend. Uh, one of the more interesting things, if you heard Vance Ginn's, uh testimony uh, this last session, was comparing um, had we had this in place in the last 10 years versus not having it in place. And the, where the real uh, numbers start to speak is when you look at when it's not in place, of course, the budget compounds itself, just like um, just like any bank account. In 2015, then-state Senator Van Taylor filed legislation, but it never received a hearing in the Senate Finance Committee. In 2017, legislation by State Senator Kelly Hancock to place six additional categories of the budget under the spending cap passed out of the Texas Senate, but was watered down in the Texas House, then led by Speaker Joe Strauss. The item was subsequently put on the call for a special session by Governor Greg Abbott later that summer. But when the bill was brought before the body for a vote, Democrat State Representative Chris Turner called a point of order challenging consideration of the bill on procedural grounds. Speaker Strauss upheld the point of order. In a rare move, some Republican members utilized the rules of the House to attempt to overrule Strauss's decision. Such a maneuver requires 10 members to make a motion and a simple majority to overrule. The motion was unsuccessful, however, when a number of Republicans joined with Democrats to defeat it, thus killing a chance at strengthening spending limits that year. And despite its failure and the failure of the majority of the 20 items Abbott placed on the special session call in 2017, he did not call lawmakers back again. 
After Strauss's departure soon after in 2019, it was back to business as usual, as legislation filed by Hancock once again cleared the Senate on a bipartisan basis, but was not even heard in the House. If the legislation was a priority for conservatives, why has there been so much opposition? Uh, had we had this in place uh, 10, 10 years back, uh, we would have a budget that's roughly about $40 billion under where we are right now. So uh, there was opposition uh, for a reason, uh, because when you start talking about taking money away or limiting the amount of money that um, uh, people who want to grow governments, uh, how much they can go government, grow government, then uh, this is why you get opposition. Uh, they would rather spend those billions of dollars than uh, let them go back to the taxpayers, quite honestly. And with that compounding interest, you can really start to see the numbers add up. In 2021, Senator Kelly Hancock once again filed the bill, this time labeled Senate Bill 1336. Similar to previous efforts, the bill caps the growth of state spending at the rate of population plus inflation. An exception is made, however, for, quote, an appropriation to pay costs associated with recovery from a disaster declared by the governor, as well as funds dedicated to tax relief. Additionally, the bill will subject all state funds, but not federal funds, to the growth limits. The bill passed largely on party lines out of the Senate and House, with most Democrats opposing the measure. And on June 8th, the bill was finally signed by Governor Greg Abbott. It will go into effect for the next biennial budget, fiscal year 2023-2024. The bill's implications go even further than just limiting the size of government. It could also be a pathway forward for meaningful property tax relief in Texas. Yeah, that's the exciting thing. When you look at these these numbers over the course uh, of time and you look at just how big of a difference it actually does make over the course of, let's say, 10 years, we have a good snapshot into what we're going to be looking forward to. And so the longer that this population inflation uh, limit uh, is on our state spending, the more and more money we will uh, see and the larger surpluses we should see, uh, saving that you know most economic factors stay relatively the same. Uh, we should see bigger and bigger surpluses, which gives us an opportunity and something that TFR has talked quite a bit about in the last month or so, uh, which is using that to pay down on the school property tax burden. Uh, we believe it is absolutely within the possibility to eliminate it completely uh, as far as the time frame on that, it's going to roughly depend on how many cuts we make and how big these surpluses actually get. Uh, but this is probably the best opportunity we have ever had as a state to completely eliminate the school uh, property tax portion. Much like the stronger spending limits bill, nothing is moved in the Texas Capitol without being pushed. Citizens who wish to see the savings turned into meaningful property tax relief are encouraged to make their voices heard. I'd say first and foremost, they should be blowing up and calling the governor and their representative and their senator, uh, letting them know that uh, they see the real opportunity to uh, really eliminate eventually the the school property tax. And so without uh, citizen engagement, without uh, people calling and 
letting them know that this is what they want, what we're gonna get is the bare minimum. That's always how it works. Uh, and they're gonna you know, throw a little bone and give us a couple hundred million dollars that the ultimately taxpayers and homeowners are not going to see in their uh, yearly property tax bill. So now is the time to engage. Now is the time to call, email, even come in person uh, and, and let our legislators know that we, we want this and we demand this. And for those that want to keep up with Texans for Fiscal Responsibility, uh, the easiest way is going to our website. That's texastaxpayers.com. On there, we have links where you can uh, subscribe to our emails. Um, we also have links to our social media accounts, which we try to keep very active. And of course, we come out with articles uh, talking about things like property tax all, all the time. So uh, I would encourage you to go and subscribe. Thank you for listening to the Autopsy Files by Texas Scorecard. You can find more great stories and journalism at texasscorecard.com. If you like this production, leave a like and review on whatever podcasting platform you listen on.